0: everybody, thanks for tuning in to Being Human is Weird. Today is very exciting because we have a special guest. When I say we, I mean me because Carrie left me all alone by myself for the week. But anyway, we have Ellen McKelpin, a registered dietitian today that I am so excited for everyone to learn a ton of stuff from. So Ellen, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. I'm excited for you to introduce yourself and what your role as a registered dietitian is, what that means, and who you help and all that kind of stuff. Hi,
1: Abby. Thank you for having me. (laughs) I've never been on a podcast, so I'm very excited to be your guest today. I am a registered dietitian, like you said. Um, I work currently within a hospital setting. I work with a variety of different patient populations, Um, but over like the past year or so, I have always kind of had this like internal drive to do like a little bit more. So over the past six months, I've kind of been piecing together and working on my own, um, you know, side hustle, so to speak. And then just this past um, month, you know, within 2023 here, the start of the new year, I want to officially launch my own, you know, company, I'm calling it Wellin Nutrition, you know, taking my own philosophy on nutrition
0: and allowing it to be something that helps other people awesome I love so much that your focus is on prevention from what I understand and I think that that's something that Carrie and I mentioned in the last episode we are excited to have you because I think you're kind of with us on trying to help individuals eliminate that all or nothing thinking and just I'm just ready to dive right in if you are definitely Okay, great. So some things that we came up with, and we heard from others were trying to identify or even notice some toxic diet mentality beliefs.
1: So unfortunately, tis the season, I guess, for (laughs)
0: for toxic, you know, diet mentality, you
1: know, in January, everyone has resolutions. But first, I guess to just speak on like, you know, positive relationship, recognizing that, you know, food is not just like Fuel, like we say that a lot as dietitians, Mm -hmm. food is for fuel. But food is, you know, like your culture. It's your family. It's socializing. Food is like pleasurable. Um, It tastes good. So, like a positive relationship with food is something that I try to help people to recognize again, like during this time of year, especially those toxic mentalities come out where you're thinking not so much of nutrition for like health, but it's I think more often like nutrition to achieve a body type nutrition isn't reflective directly of, you know, the number on the scale, a lot of those things only make nutrition
0: like incredibly stressful, Mm -hmm. and less and less enjoyable. That's A really interesting take and a lot of really good points. And I'm seriously sweating with excitement that you just said all of those things. What are some alternative ways that people still could create some sort of a healthy relationship to food through the use of resources until they feel comfortable just kind of being let out in the wild by themselves?
1: And I think that's a
0: good point. Like there are...
1: Useful resources such as apps that could be used in the short term, where I think they become more damaging is when they're used like over time and for long periods. I think sometimes people do need, like, you know, that boost of motivation to get them going and to get them eating healthier. So, however, you need to kind of gateway into that is okay. Um, But when you're using apps and you're consumed by them, they're probably not being used in a healthful way, but only using them for maybe a week or two to see, you know, are you eating protein? Are you eating fruits and vegetables? Kind of looking at at it from like an adequacy standpoint, like you're meeting all of your food groups and using it in that way versus using it to like track specific numbers like calories. Uh, And then also I was just going to mention like um, set meal patterns. So I recently posted something, you know, as an easy way to jumpstart the new year, you know, just having more set, balanced
0: meals. And it's overwhelming because everything you find online is try this product or eliminate this. What are the first steps that somebody could take to start eating healthier or making healthier food decisions?
1: I think the key word is to simplify, especially, with, you know, again, the new year, you wanna like overhaul your life. Mm-hmm. It's like all at once, like, You're going to clean out the fridge and like you're going to be vegan or something tomorrow. Maybe it isn't also always about cutting things out. You know, people tend to focus on like no sugar and no fried foods or they think about all the bad things that they have to give up. When a lot of times like just focusing more so on the good that they could include Um, might be more realistic than eliminating
0: all the things that they perceive as bad. And Carrie calls this out in almost every episode. She's such a perfect little angel. But instead of focusing on what you need to get rid of, think positively about what you could add. Definitely. So you
1: slowly develop these habits versus, again, becoming initially overwhelmed by
0: trying to keep up with this expectation that you have developed for yourself. Yeah, I think that's something important to note too is we spend, probably for anybody listening, a minimum of 18 years, some many more, but we'll say, I'm just gonna say 30 years. We spend 30 years developing these habits where it's just out of convenience or we don't touch a vegetable one week, you know, that type of thing. And we just expect ourselves to one day no longer do that. After 20, 30 years of habit building, we think one day we're just never going to touch the stuff again. So I like that you're saying just start small and eventually that becomes the routine or that becomes the norm and um, kind of look back on it and all of a sudden it's like, oh, holy shit, (laughs) I'm doing a lot better than I was a year ago.
1: And I listened to one of your other, podcast and it was about like choosing exercise and activities that you enjoy. And you're going to be a lot happier than if you were to do exercises that you don't enjoy. And the same goes for choosing healthful foods. You know, if you find that you don't like certain fruits or vegetables, you know, you don't have to force yourself Um, to eat those things. But sometimes it's also getting more creative in how you cook and prepare foods Mm -hmm. um, to make them more enjoyable and ask themselves, is there a way that you can prepare it differently to make it
0: more enjoyable for you? Mm -hmm. I think that's an important point that you're bringing up. People so often, I'm saying people, like I'm not always just talking about me. So (laughs) I went through a long phase where it was like, I don't want to eat a freaking salad every single day, prepare this raw, you know, whatever. I thought that's what it meant to eat healthy. But really, the sky is the limit. It's just taking a little bit of time and spending a little bit extra brain power or kind of tapping into some creativity to see, okay, what do I like? What don't I like? Instead of just saying, I have to eat bagged salad every day at lunch or I'm a failure. Exactly. For those of us who really just are not sure... What are some of the best or maybe least nutritious sources of basic macronutrients? And for those of you who aren't sure or aren't obsessed with this kind of crap like I am, macronutrients are when people say, um, I'm counting my macros or it fits my macros. They just mean protein, fat, and carbohydrate. So that's a great question. Macronutrients are,
1: you know, those key nutrients that are going to give us energy for us to function you know, day to day. Um, it, it is a red flag when people are dieting or changing the way that they eat and they have omitted or eliminating,
0: you know, one of those three. So you're saying that we don't have to get rid of carbs to be healthy?
1: <laughs> oh, hell no. We
0: don't have to get rid of carbs.
1: carbs are my favorite food. So carbs are energy promoting. So when our brain, you know, lacks glucose from carbohydrates, we get crabby we get cranky we get brain fog carbs that have fiber are very energy promoting they give us sustained energy so like a potato for example gets always very like demonized as being a food that causes weight gain but a potato is fairly actually low calorie and full of fiber so potatoes are very filling and satisfying Grains are a great carbohydrate choice that are rich in fiber. So like oatmeal, for example, quinoa, brown rice, uh, beans and legumes are a, a carbohydrate source that are also high in fiber. Fruit has carbs. People sometimes are afraid of fruit, especially those that are on the keto train. But I wouldn't recommend eliminating fruit. It's very nutritious, antioxidant rich healthy sources of carb. The not so great carbs are what we call like simple carbs or simple sugars that give you a spike or a burst in your blood sugar levels and then essentially a crash. Sugar, sweetened beverages, for example, are empty calories essentially. Same with sweets or desserts. It doesn't mean we can't ever have them, but certainly carbs that have fiber are going to be more energy promoting.
0: I think we can all kind of relate to smashing a donut or something first thing in the morning or a sugary bowl of cereal and then maybe an hour later, sick feeling or hangry. I'm hangry. Exactly. And that's exactly what it is. And that's what you're talking about. So let's say your house is filled with simple carbohydrate and you're like me and you don't want to throw anything away. Is there a way to help so that it doesn't spike your blood sugar so quickly? Can you combine different food groups together? Um, I guess, is that where protein and fat come in? How does that work? Definitely. And that's where protein and fat give you
1: um, what we would call like maybe staying power or satiating power. They're going to help you to be fuller for longer. Carbs, even, even the good carbs that have fiber, we digest still fairly quickly whereas protein and fat are digested more slowly they stay in our stomach longer so they keep us fuller longer so say you had you know like your favorite breakfast cereal you know the most healthful of breakfast choices but you enjoy it you're going to have a small cup of cereal but you don't want to be hungry later in the morning having like a couple of hard-boiled eggs in addition to your cereal would be a way to combine the
0: simple carbs with healthy protein source for a little bit of a better breakfast. Sounds like making sure that the focus is on protein first thing in the morning versus just heavy carb, lots of sugar.
1: Exactly. The sugar is, you know, where you might struggle as far as keeping that level of hunger at bay. If it's just simple sugars, you're going to digest them quickly and be hungry again. You can also include healthy fats that will help with that satiating power. So say you're, you know, you're just a white bread kind of person. You like toast in the morning. You haven't made the transition to whole grain bread, which would be a little bit more healthful, higher in fiber. Um, Something to pair with it that would make it more filling is simple peanut butter or avocado. Those are going to be two you know, healthier fat options that are going to make for a little bit more of a balanced breakfast versus if you just had plain toast with jam, which again would be like a simple carbohydrate.
0: You've mentioned the F word several times. um, And I think that it's having a moment right now, fiber. So talk to me a little bit about that. What is the deal with fiber? Why is everyone so obsessed with it? Is it actually important? How much should we get? who's getting enough, you know, all that kind of stuff. Great question. I'm equally obsessed um, with
1: fibers. It sounds like you are excited to learn about fiber. (laughs) So fiber is a a product of plant material. Fiber is resistant to digestion. So it, it sits in our stomach a little bit longer, but it also helps to promote motility. It helps with blood sugar control It helps to feed our good gut bacteria. You know, you're hearing, you know, about your gut microbiome. It's a very trendy topic. And if, you know, we take probiotics and we don't eat fiber, those gut bacteria have nothing to feed off of. So that helps with maintaining, you know, a healthy gut microbiome too, is including lots of fiber. Most people are lacking in fiber. You know, the, the traditional American diet is not fiber rich. 25 to 30 grams of fiber is recommended daily. Um, and many of us fall short just because
0: of lack of fruits and veggies and whole grains, is usually where we come up short. What types of foods should you make sure that you're including daily to hit that 25 to 35 grams? And can you get too much fiber? So I
1: would say think about your meal pattern. So those that eat a few different meals, you know, three meals a day is, you know, fairly standard type of, um, but there's also people out there that eat, these people kind of scare me, but the one meal a day people, they're likely not meeting their fiber needs. You know, how is it possible to eat, you know, all of those, you know, nutrients that we need and then all of that fiber within one meal, it's likely not going to happen. So if you're thinking about your personal fiber intake, You know, think about how many meals do you have in a day and do you include various fruits, veggies and whole grains throughout the course of your day. So meat and dairy are not a source of fiber. If you're eating primarily
0: animal based foods, you might also be lacking in fiber. So it sounds like more natural foods. And that leads me into a question that I have. My aunt was talking to me about taking Metamucil. And I follow a vegetarian diet, not for any reason other than really, I think animals are cute and I can't do it. So I, t- I typically don't struggle that much with fiber. Would you recommend, though, for people who don't eat enough fiber to take some sort of a supplement like a Metamucil or a, I don't even know what the other ones are, Benefiber, I guess, or would you say it's better to get it from food? I would say strive to get
1: it from food first. The preferred is, you know, nutrients and fiber that come from whole foods. Um, however, if it continues to be something that you know you're lacking in and efforts to increase fruits and veggies and whole grains continue to be like a major struggle, it might be worth implementing something like a fiber supplement. You exactly said right, like Metamucil, Benafiber, those are two of the probably more common brands that you are going to see in the stores. Um, And those are sources of soluble fiber, those help promote gut motility. But I guess it's a question too about, you know, eating too much fiber and adding a supplement on top of that. You don't want to add too much fiber too quickly either because you can have GI distress, constipation, diarrhea, all the things. Um, if we go from like
0: no fiber to too much fiber. And I've read too and experienced it. It's important if you do decide to up your fiber intake to drink more water. And I think that that's for that motility that you're talking about too. it. Essentially, I think what Ellen means by that is just keeping regular, you, exactly. using the bathroom. Yeah, not not being constipated or experiencing anything that Pepto Bismol was made for. If if the focus was on fiber intake, you're just naturally going to eat more whole grains, fruits, and vegetables. So that exactly. might be a good thing to think about or focus on for people. Um, and for those
1: that like to track, you know, they like to typically maybe track their calories or what they're eating in a day it might be interesting to try tracking your fiber. See if you're hitting that 25
0: to 30 grams a day as a goal. You brought up something that reminded me, I wanted to ask you about something you mentioned in the beginning and that's cutting out bad things. So what are your thoughts on doing things like eliminating fat or eliminating sugar or the diet foods and detoxes? How can those of us stuck in that mentality thinking we have to do that to see success with weight loss get out of that
1: so that's a it's a
0: that's a big question
1: but it makes sense you know you have this mentality where we become hyper focused on foods that we traditionally know to be bad and then that's all essentially we can think about and then people then go to the store and they're looking for diet in sugar-free and fat-free foods, diet or sugar-free or fat-free on the label does not indicate healthy. When we're shopping and choosing foods, sometimes we need to think about the, the bigger picture. Is this product being marketed to me to be helpful? Or you know, can I take a step back and maybe recognize that it's ultimately not still going to be a healthy choice? Um, just because I might be pursuing changing my diet or, you know, making an effort to
0: to better myself through good nutrition. Okay. So kind of be beware of (laughs) labels that kind of leads into another one that and I've experienced this. And that's kind of what I was mentioning earlier. Some days completely binge all day, or like from at 4pm, I'll think, holy shit, I don't I haven't eaten yet today. And then I will just eat foods that make me feel like complete shit. But then other days, it's almost like you forget to eat. And I've never been in that position before. Normally, I was an overeater or an emotional eater. But I think stress this year hit me a little bit harder and it went in the opposite direction. So I guess what my question is, what helps with those sorts of happenings? There are many like behaviors,
1: kind of like you're describing that are you know, revolve around nutrition. It's not always about what we eat. Obviously we want to eat a variety of healthful foods, but how we eat is, you know, a huge factor that plays into our our health. So what you were kind of describing was like maybe a little bit of a stress component, but also maybe like lack of planning, um, which mm-hmm. can snowball you know, people into this like fasting, binging, yo-yo um, type of, you know, lifestyle. But when we're thinking about our behaviors and eating, we also want to get down to the root cause of, you know, why are we eating the way that we are? You know, is it mental health related? And we have maybe body image issues to tackle. Have we just developed this or normalized this irregular way of eating that has now become, you know, our normal? So it's getting down to the root cause of like, why are you eating the way that you are?
0: Yeah, that reminds (laughs) me of that. Michael Scott talking to Toby on The Office. He's like, why are you the way that you are? And that's what I need to start asking myself. If you could sum up one thing for people who are just beginning or are feeling still overwhelmed or listen to this episode and don't know what's going on, what's one thing that you could just say to them that's like, hey, you got this, here's how you can start? To end it on a a positive note, I think people need to
1: recognize that nutrition is certainly important. It, It helps you to feel and to be your best. But the foods that you choose day to day aren't the end all be all. Yeah. So whether it be, you know, a cookie, or, you know, a cleanse, you know, what you're doing in that one moment isn't going to be reflective of, you know, your entire life. You know, nutrition is cumulative, you know, the things and habits that we create over time are, are, are going to lead us to be you know, healthy in the future, having people to try to shift that mindset into living long, healthy lives, not just, you know, focusing so much on the the current present self that they're
0: unhappy with. Oh my gosh, my dude, you need to write a book. That was so beautiful. As we wrap up, what are some ways that people can reach out to you? Are you ready to take on clients? What does that look like? Great question. I am certainly ready to help
1: others in their health journey. Uh, I have an Instagram and a Facebook account, which is Wellen Nutrition. Um, And then I also prefer that people email me so my email is wellin.nutrition at gmail.com so if you have any interest in you know lifestyle modification or need nutrition guidance as a registered dietitian I am
0: I'm here to help great well thank you again so much for coming and chatting and to everyone listening thank you so much for stopping in and spending this time with us and we love you bye If you are with us and believing being human is weird, then like, subscribe, share, all of those things that the kids are doing and be sure to follow us on Instagram at beinghumanisweird. That's where we're going to be sharing resources, inspiration, and news about our podcast. And we would love to hear from you. So slide right into our DMs with questions, comments, and what you'd like to hear more of. And thank you so much for listening, weirdos.